0: I'm Bucky. I'm Izzy. And this is Under Deconstruction.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Under Deconstruction podcast. Uh, We are excited to be back with you today to talk a little bit about um, the books that we are each working on um, and also later on get into a little bit about creation versus consumption, which we will elaborate on um, in a little while. But just to get started, um, if you didn't already know, which probably most people don't, um, each of us is actually in the process of working on a book. Um, they're very different. I'm going to ask you a little bit about what you're working on, Bucky, in a second. But yeah, um, we have been going through, you know, the the process of anyone trying to write anything um that is the back and forth struggle of uh self-discipline motivation um, with those bursts of ideas that you do have and those you know um creative uh sessions that you have that are often followed by long periods of not being able to to get anything out and so i know i've been struggling with that for a while but um just to speak more generally first about what it is that we're so passionate about working on um what can you tell us a little bit about the book that you're working on and how that's been going for you
0: yeah absolutely um so the book i'm working on i'm not going to say the title of it yeah because it's still a working title but um it's been something i've been working on for quite some time and i've found for me personally uh, my writing process consists of basically over the past six to eight years i 've kind of just written thousand, like pretty much a thousand pages worth of material, but it 's all very much been um, kind of scattered and all over the place and so it 's taken me a really long time to distill those thousand pages into like different strains of connectivity that I can make books out of. And so um, the first book that I decided to pursue that has a connective tissue between all of that is, or all of those thousand pages is basically, it's discussing how, I mean, it's it's, (laughs) it's a very like complicated book in some ways, but very simple in other ways. But Mm -hmm. it's essentially a combination of psychology, spirituality and kind of like I call it psychic physics is what I call it and so essentially what that means is I don't really mean like psychic like I can read your mind type of thing but more like the psyche so like psychological Mm -hmm. physics essentially and so what I've just what I discovered quite some time ago is that the mind itself has a structure to it and an architecture to it and that there's if you can actually view your own mind from like a third person perspective and see the, the patterns that are formed and the different ways that it works. And this book that I'm writing is basically takes us on a journey from pure consciousness, which is, or consciousness, which is when you're before you're even born. And then the development of pure consciousness into a child that then develops over time and then eventually through conditioning. And I go over all of this in the book, the differing methods that are used to create an ego out of pure consciousness. But the book discusses how we move from pure consciousness into consciousness that has an ego, which is like in the teenage to young adult years. And then I discuss how most people, I mean, I'm going to, I'm blabbering on, but, the main point of the book is to is showing how most people only form one ego in their entire life. And they don't realize that the ego, and by the way, the ego is just like another word for, I like to call it a corrupted personality, essentially. But it's basically like an ego is the part of you that wants to that thinks it's right and wants other people it, it's basically the dominating part of yourself. It's mm-hmm. the part of yourself that thinks it's right about certain things and then wants to project that onto other people to convince people to that, you know, it's that part of yourself. Right. Um, and I mean, there's all, all these other aspects of ego, but the whole book is about how we develop an ego and how most people don't realize that an ego is a malleable thing that can be Regenerated and recreated into whatever you want it to be. And throughout the book, I discuss different ways that you can go, you can um, undertake an ego death and the process by which you can experience an ego death. Which by doing that, what you're doing is destroying. And I don't, I mean, destroying is a harsh word, but. You're dis. Aha! I got a good word. Deconstructing. Oh, there we you go. <laughs> You're deconstructing the ego that you were given from your parents and from your environment and from whoever your caretakers were from childhood. You pretty much had no free will in like who that, what that ego eventually became. And so, what I'm offering people is a solution to how they can deconstruct their given ego that they were given as a child where they had very little free will over, they can deconstruct it and then you can reconstruct your ego in a form that you have complete free will to choose. So it's basically the elimination of your illusory stagnant self in place of the birthing from the ashes, if you will, of your true self where you get to be the single creator of the person that you wish to be in this life and so the whole book is about that process of how we gain the ego how to dissolve the ego through different methods that I provide and then how to reconstruct that ego into the person that you really want to be in this life so yeah there is a very long winded answer Wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> sorry
0: for blabbering on but now I will shoot the question back to you what's your book about like give, give us the lowdown
1: all right, well, it's my turn to blabber on because yep. I do not have any kind of concise um, pitch or anything, which I guess at some point I should have. But um, I guess while your, yeah, your book is definitely, I mean, it comes across as a sort of an academic endeavor as well as a, um, well, I guess I guess an intellectual endeavor, maybe. Um, yeah. But I think um, for me, uh, being someone who has always had an interest in creative writing but never um allowed myself to commit to it that is now what I am finally um giving myself the the time and mental space to do yeah I'm doing it so um (laughs) I have had this I guess idea um that has manifested in a few different forms and it's sort of changed um shape and genre as i've thought more about it over the last i guess it's been a couple years since i had the idea first um so the things that i write about on my personal blog um working toward okay the things that sometimes i talk about on here um are uh topics that are directly related to my personal experience, but also ones that i think um people should be talking more about or at least understanding better than than the current understanding we have. And those things which all relate, in in my experience, are um, adoption and family, identity and race. Um, And that sort of coming to terms with um, who I am uh, as an adoptee, as, you know, someone whose life, like many, was you know began with trauma and yet um whose circumstances adoption are often regarded widely as as a an overwhelmingly positive um and very simple uh situation um it, it's very frustrating to to have one experience and then have the world see your experience as something um just very lighthearted and nice and you should be so lucky and you know no one is ever questioning that, that story. And so uh, when I first thought about how to, to sort of question that story with my own experience, and with the experiences of others, like me, um, I thought maybe I should do a children's book, because I remember, um, there were a few books uh, on adoption for children when I was growing up, and my mom read all of them to me. Um, she, you know, never wanted to, me to not know that I was adopted, but also it would be, kind of weird if I didn't figure it out um because she's a blonde white woman but um, <laughs> regardless um it was always uh communicated to me and that began with children's texts and um most of them kind of boiled down a very complicated topic and didn't open up a lot of avenues for a child reading them to express any kind of pain or discomfort um or insecurity they might be feeling um It was very much um, oversimplified and from the perspective of adoptive parents um, and knowing that that was the landscape of children's books for many years in the the field of adoption, um, I thought maybe that would be the place to start. So for a long time I said, yeah, I want to be a children's book author. That's what I'm going to do. Um, And as I started working on this children's book, I found a character. This character, this person who I only know by name, uh, as Mariela is still the character um, that has always been at the center of this, but just the That's awesome. way she's going to exist is very different now. So, once I kind of realized that the the topics I wanted to cover, the things that I that I, even that I write about on my blog, uh, I really enjoy sitting in vulnerability, covering taboo topics. You know, I don't I don't like to shy away from that stuff, and unfortunately, in the context of a children's book um there just simply isn't time or space to get into really um really difficult topics um and it's not really always the place for that so uh then I realized okay maybe children's book is not the method that this um that this message or the story should be communicated through so that was weird grammar sorry um so then I thought okay I'll write a novel Which the minute I said that was the biggest mistake, um, to just say a novel, because that is the most grand and terrifying undertaking for (laughs) any writer, especially someone that's never studied writing in school um, beyond, you know, high school English. Like I went to school, you know, I went to college to study sociology. I, I haven't done anything but academic writing in a long time. So the idea of having to create a fully formed plot, you know, character development, something new and different but also completely cohesive and very long after not doing really any creative writing for years was absolutely terrifying and basically caused me to stall out and I didn't write anything and I thought about it all the time and I had ideas and when people asked I said yeah I'm working on a novel but nothing was really happening Uh, I can admit that now Um, but as time went on I I realized that the traditional novel structure that you think of when you think of a novel is by far not the only structure for for a book that would technically qualify as a novel. So um, what I did was I turned to the kind of books that I like to read and some of the, the best books I've ever read and some of the most uh, interesting styles I enjoy are short stories and uh, novels of short stories. So there's this um, technique of writing called a story cycle, and it can mean a lot of similar, but slightly different things. But generally you're talking about um, a series or a group of short stories in one book um, that are connected in a certain way. And so there's, there's threads of, of uh, connection running through all of them so that when you read them together, they tell a bigger story than they could alone. But if you read them separately, they still stand alone. Um, And as someone that always loved writing short stories before I stopped writing for a long time, I realized maybe that's it. That's the perfect way to both write a novel, which is what I want to do, but also lean to my strengths and um, tell a story that is like one I enjoy reading. Um, So the minute I did that, I feel like it opened up a uh, a lot of doors for me And I've been just doing tons of research, which has included reading like my favorite books of all time, which is kind of fun, um, and also new ones (laughs) that use the story cycle structure um, to kind of help me figure out um, what my book will look like. And now I have all these bits and pieces of writing that I can see how they will eventually, hopefully fit into different stories. Um, I have stories I wrote a long time ago that now apparently carry a bunch of meaning that I didn't realize Um, like I wrote a story when I was in high school I had no I had not met anyone from my biological family at that time didn't really know anything or care to know at that time but I wrote a story about a pair of siblings and one of them one of them died and it's so weird because I've now met and have a close relationship with my half-brother who always wanted a sister but never knew I existed and I feel like something in me knew that I had this that I had a brother or that there was this awesome. longing for that specific relationship connection and it existed and I just didn't know at that time and yet it manifested itself in this story I wrote that is one of the most powerful things I've ever written even though I was literally like 16 when I wrote it so I don't know how that happened but cool things like that have been happening since then. And I feel like it's given me a lot of inspiration, um, to help me tell this girl's story, which is both my story and other people's stories, um, all in one. Um, so that is my rambling on (laughs) about what I'm working on, but. No, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) That's super awesome. And I think, I think there's something to be said about, um, I really do. I mean, that almost ties in with what I'm writing in my book, how, I, there's like some type of like an unconscious like knowing or like intelligence that you carry I feel like as a child or like there's some or like as you're growing up there's like the younger you are or like those early years of life like childhood through high school there's all this like like you're not aware of it but you you have this like underground knowledge somehow if that yeah. makes any sense <laughs> but I also wanted to uh, talk about just I think with or I, I think it's a really cool thing to realize though that or that I realized is in my opinion the most potent way and the most that in the way that or the thing that requires the most skill in terms of writing is doing exactly what you're doing which is creating a child's book or a children's book that contains uh, like a message that you're trying to get across and in my opinion, that's, like, the highest form of writing because you have to um, reduce down these very high, maybe convoluted concepts into digestible, you know, cracker jacks that, like, the kid, that children and That's can. why
1: that's, that's why I decided ultimately not to do a children's book. Is that is It is so incredibly so hard, hard to not be allowed to um, sort of extrapolate at length about things and and you know take your time figuring out how to explain and allude to these complicated yeah. topics like you have to be able to to tell it so clearly and it has to be so profound in so few words yeah it blows my mind and at that point i was like no i don't think i don't think at this time i have the capability to do something like that
0: yeah i mean yeah. that's one of the main or one of the coolest things i ever learned in philosophy was this that concept which is like philosophy has this tendency to ramble on and on and have all of this stuff that you have to connect and what the like highest form of like philosophy is is actually what we were just talking about that reduction of high principles into digestible material for everybody right so like that really is what the truest type of art form is is you're transmuting very high end material into the most shareable thing possible like I think that's the highest form of art because you know anybody can make a like super niche like and this is what my problem is really (laughs) what I have a tendency to do is make really niche material that only is shareable amongst a few people, but because it's so, you know, so airy and there's, you know, it doesn't connect to people, but if you're able to take that concept and make it into something that's easily digestible and shareable, it's so much more potent. So I just, I commend you for, I mean, just even trying to go in that direction, you know, of like, even writing a novel I think is um, in a way a higher form Of conveying message, maybe than like nonfiction. I mean, that's not like to say that anyone is better than the other. It's just, no, of course not. It's just saying that, like, it's a, I think, I don't don't know. Maybe I I want to say more artistic, but I don't, I'm just going to leave it there.
1: (laughs) No, yeah, I get what you're saying because I think I, I mean, I have considered nonfiction. I think, for a while, mainly because I had come out of the world of academic writing, and I just yeah. felt that explaining things was the, the thing I I found myself to be pretty good at doing, and so, you know, I considered that, and I do, I love reading nonfiction, but, um, yeah, I mean, something about the freedom of, of a novel is both really um, exciting and terrifying, because, I think for so many of us, I think this is even relevant if you're not writing a book but, or writing a fiction uh, piece of literature. But I think it's so hard to allow ourselves after a certain point to be imaginative and to be um, open to invention. And I know that because I was trying to do that when I started, you know, when I decided I wanted to do something that was fiction and I couldn't do it for a long time. And I still have a hard time because I feel silly. Um, you know, it's it's after many years of not being a kid where, where you're uh, socially allowed to, um, you know, be inventive and, and creative in and uh, just for the sake of it. Uh, it's very, it's almost like embarrassing, even though you're alone. Like I've noticed that. I remember when I was a kid, I would have notebooks that were filled with like character ideas and you know, I would write down what kind of person they were like and what was their favorite food and what what clothes did they wear <laughs> and where were they from and what did their hair look like and you know, I would draw them and I just let myself create these people and it was like just a fun thing to do and I would write about them. And you know, me trying to just even let my character be anything other than a name, I was like sitting here laughing at myself, like what do you mean you're gonna make up like where they're from and like what their personality is <laughs> like? Like what are you a kid make playing pretend like this is so silly but then I think about it and obviously it's not because you know all there there is I mean literature is a thing you know reading is a thing people love stories I've always read stories since before writing existed stories have been the only thing that has existed and so how can it be silly right so I but i think that when you spend so long being like okay you're grown up now you just focus on um sort of real tangible things um, and you know if you're a if you're an artist or if you're a, a a scientist you can be creative in certain capacity but but not to be a writer cuz that's silly also that doesn't make any money so why are you doing that <laughs> you know there's so many yeah. dismissive um things that are said and thought by so many of us about writing as a career and i mean i understand my own privilege in being able to pursue this as you know as a career potentially and uh obviously money is a thing in a way but it's also not in a way and and so i'd rather spend my time doing doing this and and opening my mind to being imaginative to being creative um and just see what happens with it than die never knowing if i had anything interesting in my head to share like yeah. I don't know. It seems like a worthy risk. And I just have to keep reminding myself of that. Um, and that, because a lot of my writer's block does come from, from that feeling of, is this whole thing silly? Is this even. Yeah, worth?
0: that's my biggest enemy right there. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> if
1: we can go into that a little more, is like, I mean, in terms of, of discipline, in terms of setting a structure for yourself and the, the sort of pitfalls you run into, like, what has been your experience with giving yourself a writing uh, job in a way?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of tools that I've tried over the years, you know, but um, I mean, one of the best things I've I ever heard from a a writer uh, was it's not about really what you're writing. It's about showing up. So, you know, it's 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 about picking a time or picking like just picking a time and a place where you're going to write and just showing up there consistently. And some days you're going to write two sentences and the next day you'll delete them. <laughs> and then the other times you'll sit down and 10 pages will flow out of you, you know? And so it's about, it. it's really is like almost like a, like it just depends on like whatever the energy of the day is in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like you don't really have like much operation over it. It's almost like you just have to show up and either like, there's going to be the person is going to be there or the person's not going to be there to like, I don't know. And for me personally, when I'm writing, and especially when I've been writing this book that I've been writing, it oftentimes feels like when I'm flowing that somebody, some other thing is doing the writing. (laughs) Like it doesn't really feel like I'm really writing it. It feels like my heart is just coming out or something. Mm. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's, but yeah, anyways, going back to what your question is. Um, I would say, like, I mean, a tangible tool that I like to use is the is a Pomodoro timer. I don't know if you've I heard about that, but it's...
1: I've heard of that.
0: Yeah, it's just like you basically, you it's a four-block type of a thing. And so you write for 25 minutes, then you take a five-minute break, then you write for another 25 minutes, then you take a break, or er, er, take a five-minute break. And so you do that four times. And then after you do that four times, that equals two hours so you'll have written for what like an hour and 40 minutes and then taken 20 minutes worth of break and then after that like four block chunk then you take a 30 minute break and so i found that to work for me to some extent but um i kind of stopped using it after a while just because i didn't really like how rigid it was Mm. even though that's kind of the purpose (laughs) right um so i I like the idea more of just showing up at a certain time and you know working with it that way. And I set a goal for like a certain amount of pages that I try to get written on a given day, but really for me the main thing with writer's block is just showing up and it's a commitment thing and it's like it's like with any other thing in life that is commitment based whether it's you know making a podcast, writing a book, like any or like any thing that you have to devote a lot of time to over a long period of time is going to be something that you are going to hit like challenges with i mean even with this podcast if you're a long-time listener of our podcast here you'll notice times where there's like many weeks (laughs) where i mean we just came off a time where there was many weeks without uh, a podcast being uploaded and that's you know just the nature of the beast but the the key is to keep showing up and keep coming back and here we are making another podcast and I intend to continue to show up to make it, uh, these podcasts for as far into the future as I can think, you know? So anyways, yeah. rambling again, but yeah. What about you? Do you have any tricks?
1: No, I mean, I was going to ask you about, uh, I, I, okay. I guess I have a couple. So I've just, I've been on a very long period of, of immense writer's block. So I feel very like, nothing works but actually I can think of a couple things so um I can say that this method has worked for my writing um with my blog posts but it also has worked for fiction um I use music but very specifically um because I think um kind of like what you're saying about reaching that like sort of flow state where you're like it's your heart and not really you writing um When I'm really stuck, and even when I'm not, I feel like one of the easiest or only ways I can find to push myself to that space where it's like very heart focused and a lot of like the emotion and the, the imagery that I like and stuff kind of comes out more naturally, um, is, is using music um, to create it. So I will start with like a, an album or a playlist or an artist that I feel is um creating a a mood that is similar to what I want to convey Ooh, in the writing. Like um either like if I'm writing about um you know something really painful in my personal life, um I'll listen to the music that has been um like the backdrop to many uh, like, you know, mental breakdownslash cry session. Like and and get back to that space and it's it's sucky because my heart hurts but I get to that space through the music like the sort of audio like memory that I have
0: oh yeah music um, will do that for sure
1: yeah and so so I will lock onto like I said a specific artist a specific playlist whatever and as I'm listening and writing I'll narrow it down and when I hit a flow in my writing where I feel like I am um, really getting to the heart of what i'm trying to say or you know i'm really uh getting uh some kind of sort of uh, climax to where like i'm reaching the climax in the in the structure of the piece and it's really like intense i will stop on whatever song that i'm listening to and i will literally loop it for sometimes it has been honestly like three hours of the same song looping and I don't really fully hear it, but I hear it and feel it enough that it keeps me in the same state as when I first started that flow of writing. And it allows me to write for a longer period of time with that same level of like passion and and inspiration sort of. Um, And I just do that until I'm done. And so a lot of my like most intense and I think powerful blog posts that I've written um, that have resonated with a lot of people or made people cry or feel, you know, really um, a deep level of empathy or understanding have been the ones where I literally had the same song playing um, on a loop and was like possibly even crying while writing and just sitting in that because that's what I want people to do. Like some of the things I've written, especially with adoption and like the pain I've experienced is I, I want people to sit with the pain that I was feeling, or I want to sit with the pain someone else has been feeling and the best way to do that is to make the writing as vulnerable as possible and as as emotionally, sort of raw as I can. And for me, music has always been a way to reach different states of of feeling or or sensation, and so I definitely use it in that way. But that,
0: that's so cool. That's I've never heard of that. Not like. That method before, but it makes so much sense to me. Like, it just, it's, it connects.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, it depends on the person. Like, I know some people say, oh, I can't, I can't write when I'm listening to music. But I mean, sometimes it's instrumental. Sometimes it has lyrics, you know, sometimes it's, it's very overtly emotional. And sometimes it's just a song that for me specifically has a lot of meaning. And for anyone else might be like, whatever, it's just a song. Yeah. But, yeah. It's one of those things that you just stumble upon. So well, I yeah. think that's something that's part of the tools. It's just, like, noticing patterns. So, like, that's the thing that I have been working on is, like, when I do have a moment where things are working and, and I'm writing things, what like, about What's going on? Yeah. And I think the hardest thing I've found is finding a space to write. Because, I mean, I live in this studio with my cat and my husband. And there is no other room. There is no office. Um, there's not even really a corner to have an office because there already is an office corner and it is very much a like work space. Like it's where I go to do my, you know, day to day, like boring work. And so it's so hard to find a physical space where I feel like I'm giving myself, it's like that thing Um, that Virginia Wolf, like a room of one's own, like for a woman writer, the thing mm -hmm. you need more than anything is a space. That's all your own to do your work. And the I environment contributes
0: that. so much to, like, the, what it the does. writing is about, yeah.
1: Because I see, you know, my bed and my TV and, and like, I just get sucked into, like, well, I'm just going to go water my plants again and, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, no. Just like, get w-
1: totally wrapped <laughs> up and I'm baking <laughs> like, and cooking and anything I can do to stop.
0: Like, focusing. Walden would have never been written if the internet existed back then, you it's know what a, I mean? Oh, God, <laughs> my
1: phone is a killer right yeah, now. Yeah, it's I'm, like. Yeah,
0: it's there's so many distractions that are just one tap away you know yeah but all righty I mean that's those are awesome um we are hitting the 30 plus minute mark here so I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to discuss or talk about here um I think we did kind of talk about creation versus consumption a little bit but if you want to maybe get into that just a smidgen more would you would you be interested in that
1: yeah, yeah, I think if we just take a couple minutes
0: to... Yeah, so I think yeah. I think what we were kind of wanting to talk about with consumption versus creation, which, I mean, we've talked about it a lot already, but um, in, like, various subtle ways. But I think what... I brought this topic up initially because um, I think it's just very per- or important for today's time where... Again, like what we were just talking about with a tap of the button, you could be on YouTube, you could be on Facebook, you can be on Instagram, and these are all consuming ways of being, and I think it's just very important for everyone like in the world to see the value in creation again because we're we've become such an a uh, like a consuming and addicted society in that way, and I think one of the ways to like heal consumption is through creation and whether that's i mean creation can take any form you know it can take the form of writing a book like we were just talking about or it could take the form of making a video painting it like a piece of art it could make music it could be in any way but creating dinner for your family um but when you're creating something you're bringing value to the world and when you're consuming something you're taking value out of the world whether that's your time that you're <laughs> that you're using or um, whatever it may be you're it's it's the inverse of creation so I don't know if you have anything you want to say in relation to that but that was just kind of my thoughts on it initially yeah
1: yeah absolutely I mean I think that's um sort of that it sort of adds on to what we're saying so you know not only is it uh, something we're trying to do to create it's not some, only something that we're you know um working on but it's it's something that's necessary to balance out um, our participation in the world around us so it's not just writing for the sake of oh I want to tell this story or you know I want to put this piece of work out there because I worked hard on it but it's also like it's a, a gift in in return for things that you have received I think that the The back and forth of, you know, knowledge and experiences and emotions is with other people is like the only thing that is like I feel like that's everything is just an exchange. And when we're constantly focusing on, which I know I've done many times, uh, just wallowing in constant consuming of things without any thought for what we're giving back or um, how we're going to balance that sort of scale um it gets really um it gets really bad like it gets um into your head and makes you sort of passive and maybe even weak in the sense that you don't have um you don't have a feeling that you're giving anything of value like we need that there's a reason that um you know what what is that word there's a word for it but there's there's a reason that we feel good when we give things and when we share things, um, whatever that is, like helping people or giving advice or, you know, whatever it is, there's a reason that feels good. And it's because it's a necessary part of basically, I think of it as like a, yeah, like a reciprocal relationship with the world around us and with each other. And it's great to have an outlet of writing as the way to um, give and to to create so and
0: yeah not only that like it's the number one way that I've ever found that you can improve yourself and the how that works is like anytime you create something you're you're basically entering vulnerability because you're putting yourself out there in, to some extent and when you put yourself out there to some extent whether that's through the creation of your own food through the creation of your own paintings the creation of your own music you are subjecting yourself to judgment uh, from others and so by doing that what you're allowing yourself to do is kind of build up this muscle where you move from a place of being fearful of judgment from being fearful of like you creating something that other people may not like to embracing not only the like any negative comment that may come your way but also the positive and it gives you it gives you feedback uh, on yourself. It allows you to analyze yourself. I mean, even in these podcasts, when I go back and I've listened to some of our podcasts that we've recorded and listen back to them and hear myself speak. And there's many things that I learn from about like just how I speak and things I wish I maybe like hope to adjust in the future. And it's just a very good learning experience if nothing else. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. And being open to growth, um, through creation like being being receptive to to the negative things or the criticisms you might receive and and understanding you know what things are maybe meant to tear you down unfairly and what things are actually um, another perspective you just didn't consider that you should consider and that's all also part of the back and forth that a writer definitely subjects themselves to when um deciding to put something out into the world but it's a worthy endeavor no matter how you do it even if writing isn't the thing that you do uh listener i think that we all do create in some way i I know some people say like oh i'm not the creative type i don't think that's the thing
0: yeah and you don't even have to like share it with people you can just do it for your own well-being and that in and of itself creates value you know exactly and i mean like i'll even like there's some been or been some really weird stuff that's been happening with me with writing where like, like I'll write something. And then later on in that day or like that week, I'll like, like the thing I wrote down will become a re- a real thing somehow. <laughs> or like I'll write about like, like yesterday I was writing about the top, like the topic of comfort and how mm-hmm. comfort is like the near enemy And then literally, like, later on in that day, like, I was going through a process of that was the exact embodiment of comfort and the near enemy and the whole thing. But it's just, there's weird things that happen when you start creating. And you'd be surprised at at where it'll take you because we really do live in a creating universe and a creating world. And, um, yeah, it's just something that is so opposite of what the norm is today which is of consumption and so yeah that's our. for i think we can challenge y'all all all of our listeners to try and try and create something that you find you find joy in before the next time you we put out a podcast or something like that yeah which we (laughs)
1: promise will be soon
0: yes it will be actually maybe i don't want to say next week because last time i said that that was not true but i know
1: yeah but i mean things you know Many things change and are happening all the time. So,
0: Yeah, we took a little break from talking about current events today. I hope that's all right with y'all. But <laughs> we wanted yeah. to talk about something maybe a little bit lighter just due yeah, to the I, heaviness. Yeah.
1: There are, there are um, important things going on in the world. And there are people whose voices you should be listening to. And I just don't believe that you need um, us to talk about it. But please do check out our, our Instagram at Under Deconstruction Podcast um, if you want to see what we've been talking about. um, And if you want to keep an eye out for the next episode.
0: Absolutely. And then, yeah, we also have a Facebook under deconstruction. um, Just it's Facebook at under deconstruction podcast. You can check us out there. We post there as well. Um, And yeah, other than that, thank you for listening, everybody. We really appreciate you all for spending some time with us here today. And uh, yeah, we hope you gained some valuable information from this episode and again try and uh, and create some before before the next episode comes out
1: yeah thanks for Uh listening
0: alrighty y'all peace